He's always there to brighten up your day. Always there in every way. When it's cold and dreary and your faith is growing weary, you don't have to be afraid. He's always there. Just ask for what you He'll be there if you believe. Open up your heart. Invite him to come in. He'll turn your life around and change you from within. Waiting to He's always there. Ooh, ooh. He's always there to comfort and provide. He's always there. It's on, all right. Thank you, Janine and the praise team for your wonderful songs of adoration as we lift God up every night. It's a comfort and, and, and a, a, a definitely a blanket to warm you up to be reminded that God is always there for you. 
And no matter what we go through, he's always there to keep us. Good night, everyone. I hope you had a good day today. And I hope that God has kept you throughout this day. Tonight, I know last time we had a wonderful moving moment last night. Um, being able to come to the altar and to confess. You know, it's a wonderful thing. I kept thinking, if we can't come to the altar, where else can we go? And God just instructed me yesterday, say, you know, bring them to the altar for the appeal time. Let them come to the altar and let them talk to me for themselves. So we thank God for what he did last night. Amen. Sister Maya, you got something for me today? Oh, I'm getting scared of your questions night after night. Okay. Um, the first question is, how do you share Jesus with people who just don't care or feel they need to know him? They don't need to know him. That's a very good question. Very good question. How do you share Jesus with people who seem like they don't care or they want to know him? Well, one of the most powerful ways you can do that is by the way you live and by the way you act. So that means you have to be honest in your dealings and being honest with them and being very kind with them. Don't, don't, don't treat them like everybody else because your actions will win them over. So just be true. You're a Christian already. You guys know these virtues, joy and love and peace and long-suffering and forgiveness. Let them experience what grace is like, especially when they trespass against you. Forgive them right away. And when they come to you, how can you forgive me? Because trust me, I've done so much. If God can forgive me, I can forgive you. Amen? Next one, ma'am. Um, when we are in the sanctuary, is it okay to chew gum even in the worship? What do you think? What do you think? I find it at times we can go to the White House and have more respect for the White House or in the courthouse than the Lord's house. So... It would not be wise to be chewing gum. That's it. Okay, good. I got some work for you to do for me tonight. If you'd be so kind to turn to your Bible, please, the book of Luke. Right here. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to to 13. She'll be reading from the message version. Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 13. One day he was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Master, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So he said, when you pray, say, Father, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from, ourself, safe from ourselves and the devil. Then he said, imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. An old friend traveling through just showed up, and I don't have a thing on hand. The friend's answer from his bed, don't bother me. The door is locked. My children are all down for the night. 
I can't get up to give you anything. But let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he is a friend, if you stand your ground, knocking and waking up all the neighbors, he, he'll finally get up and get you whatever you need. Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will open. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks you for serving a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love give the Holy Spirit when you ask him? Amen. Amen. If you stand up all over this place right now, let's go to the screen, please. Stand to your feet if you would be so kind to rest on your feet. Thank you, Maya. I figured I'd help some folk out and have it written up. Let's go together. Can we read it together? I am a child of God, created in his image. This makes me one of a kind, unique, and special. I am destined to live my life with purpose and passion. I will choose to take responsibility. When faced with adversity, I must not give up. When I can't find a way, my faith in God will make a way. We'll make that get corrected. Just rest your hands forward, please, wherever you are. Just raise them forward. Father God, right now, as we get into your word, we pray that God, that your Holy Spirit will move, arrest, and convict. Lord, I need you now. I need you now. May your Holy Spirit speak to our lives. And may the word come from heaven. In him I pray. Amen. Be seated. Tonight's subject matter, I wanted to touch on the subject, delayed but not denied delayed but not denied and the text I'm going to come from is Luke 11 verse 9 where it says ask and it shall be given unto you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you as we walk through this journey of life there are a few experiences we are guaranteed we are assured tears of joy and tears of pain. We are promised the buzz of life and the sting of death. We are pledged deserved success and failed attempts. We are warranted bumpy roads and smooth paved lanes. We are insured clear blue skies and dark torrential clouds. At one point of time or the other, sooner or later, we will encounter these moments. Where many of us struggle is in the area of perceived denial or rejection. Seeing that we are communal beings, we are driven innately to seek some form of affection and or affirmation in our daily routine. However, we are at constant discord between acceptance and rejection, denial and acknowledgement. We are bombarded with commercialization that entices us to have whatever we want, when we want it, and how we should get it. We all partake in the principle that the customer is always right. But what happens when we don't get what we want, when we want it? 
What happens when we believe we deserve a job promotion or special treatment, yet it eludes us? What happens when our sense of worth is placed on trial and hangs in the balance to be determined by the outcome of a relationship? Too many times, we mistake privileges for rights. A classic example of this is many of us drive our cars on the road like we own it. We believe it's our right. We cuss at anyone and everyone who gets in our way wishing we could zap them from our presence. Then we even get angrier and hostile when we are pulled over for breaking rules as if we exist above the law. After losing the right to drive is when we are reminded that having a driver's license is a privilege and not a right. I need a little bit more on the mic, please. How about the folks who make a fuss about someone sitting in their church pew or parking in the church unassigned parking spot? Young people, it is a privilege when parents choose to bless you with gifts and gadgets. It's not a right. If we're not careful, we are prone to adopt an elitist mentality that we are here to be served and not serve. We walk into church thinking to ourselves, I'm here, tend to my needs, my wants, my desires, sing my style of music, acknowledge me, pastor, I'm right here, repeat my favorite passages, satisfy me. We shudder at the thought of things not going our way and find ourselves disillusioned when such comes to fruition. Strategically, we begin to look for the nearest scapegoat to whom we can lash out our fury of humiliation, disappointment, and frustration. Even more dangerously, there are many of us who walk around with a God complex. This manifests itself when we impose our thoughts and opinions above those who are not in sync with us. The truth of the matter is we all get upset near mad to the point of a cardiac arrest when we don't get our way. It is with this mindset that we many times approach our personal relationships. We place demands on spouses, children, family, friends, co-workers, and not to mention the church, and get livid when our self-induced expectations are not met. Don't you know that one of the surest ways to destroy a relationship is to place personal undisclosed expectation on others? You are guaranteed to be disappointed. We do the same thing when we approach Christ. Over the last several years, we've been part of a paradigm shift in Christianity, moving from one thought system to another. The good news used to be what Christ did and is doing for, for us. Now it's what can I get from him? We used to preach, God, save me. Now it's God, bless me. We used to sing songs like Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide. Myself in the now we get stuck on two line melody songs with a nice beat and no substance. I don't know how many people can go back. We used to have something called Bible readings for the home. Now we're lucky if we even get a chance to not only pick up our lesson but look at our lesson on our phones. 
what has occurred? As we witness Bible prophecy being fulfilled, knowledge has increased, but our faith is decreasing. We know more, but trust less. Our faith has taken a nosedive like our recent economic downturn while our fears have increased in value. So when we hear a passage like, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need, we struggle coming to Christ with confidence, believing he is able to meet our needs. It is here we find our biblical narrative taking center stage. And Dr. Luke poses to his audience a challenging preposition in chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, talking about us, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Contextually, this narrative began by the disciples asking Jesus to teach them how to pray. He models to them the, our famously known the Lord's Prayer, but Christ doesn't leave it there. He sets before them a scene of a typical Middle Eastern hospitality. Then he said to them, suppose one of you had a friend. And he goes to you at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine has come from a journey and I have nothing to give him to eat. You must understand that hospitality during this time carried a high value in society and they didn't have any convenience stores that were like 7-Eleven. You can only imagine that the acute anxiety this man had because his friend arrived at nighttime. He had to feed his visitor. The fact that he has no bread in his house is no excuse. So the man goes to his neighbor's house and says, listen, I need some food. Let me give you a quick snapshot of what a typical poor Israelite family looked like. They lived in a one-room house. And in many poor houses, the house only served as a part-time stable for the family's few sheep, goats, and chickens. Many times where they would sleep, they would sleep in the same room, but sometimes raised on a platform that's higher than the floor of the, in the rest of the house. So the family could eat and sleep without constant intrusions by their family by the animals. Family members usually slept with their clothes on, covering themselves with the cloaks they had worn during the day. They would lay down on their sleepies, portable straw mats, which were rolled out at night. Furthermore, getting a whole family to bed was a considerable undertaking, as many of you presently have experienced with children. Once children are asleep, parents don't want to wake them up. Once the chickens were asleep, parents want to keep it that way. Most likely, the door was locked with a bar to prevent intrusion coming into the home. Since the door was locked, the friend couldn't come in and just get the bread for himself. The father would have to get up quietly from the sleeping area, find the bread, and give it to his neighbor. But something happens. The man continues to knock on the door. He's like, listen, go away, man. It's midnight. My family is sleeping. You can't come at nighttime to wake me up for food. 
But the point of the parable is the importance of persistence of never giving up. The friend has no sense of decency of waiting till morning of not disturbing his sleeping neighbor. He goes at midnight and keeps on knocking. The Bible declares in Luke chapter 11 verse 9, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus gives us three word pairs that have a twofold play. We have ask, seek, knock, which denotes action. Then we have receive, find, and open, which produces a promised result. In essence, Jesus is saying, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Hence, here is the lesson. When we come to God, we can boldly approach the th God's throne of grace and continue asking until he comes through. You see, first, when we ask, we are petitioning an audience with God. In the asking, we recognize our need for God. In the asking, we are turning our eyes to Jesus. Secondly, when we seek, we are requesting the presence of God. In the seeking, we discover our unworthiness, our ungratefulness, our shamefulness before God. In the seeking, we are driven to self-realization and humility. Thirdly, when we knock, we are exciting God to deliverance. In the knocking, we await the indwelling of God. In the knocking, God can't wait and is mobilized to give us his best gift. Himself in the presence of his Holy Spirit. I've come to let somebody know tonight, listen, you've been praying for a long time. Your prayers are being delayed, but not denied. You see... When we pray, we want God to move outside of us and fix the problem. But when we ask, seek, and knock, God wants to move within us to fix the problem. We many times pray for God to remove the obstacle. So as long as he doesn't touch us. But God allows storms so he can touch us. Many of us have said a few prayers and have become irritated because God did not appear to have answered our prayers. It is here we perceive that God is rejecting us. But it is not so. Your prayers have been delayed, but not denied. The Bible declares in John 15, 7, this is really critical here. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you want and it shall be done unto you. If that is God's word, how come he's not coming through for us? He said it. But there is a condition to that. The condition is us abiding in the word of God. Don't lose hope. As we've been praying all this time, don't lose hope. Because your prayers are being delayed but not denied. Listen, you need to ask yourself a few questions when you begin to come to God about prayer. How much do you need it? 
How much do you need this thing? Number two, are you ready for the answer? Number three, what are you going to do when he answers you? And how will you respond after he has answered you? Many times we have people who God has moved in their lives. He has done miraculous and powerful things. And sometimes we sit on that testimony. This is the place where we're supposed to share it. Because you never know who else is in a dire situation about to give up on God. And just your testimony alone will strengthen their faith. More so when God blesses you and he answers your prayers, it's so that you can testify how great a God he is. The Bible declares, you have not because you ask not. Also, we sometimes ask God for the wrong reasons. What happened? What would happen if you gave your child everything they asked for? We've seen kids throwing tantrums when they can't get their way. We too at times behave in the same like manner. I ain't turning in my offering. I'm not going to church. I'm not serving on that committee. You ever find it funny when people come to you in church and ask you to do something? Well, I need to pray to God about it. <laughs> it's the greatest oxymoron of all life. How do you pray to God about doing God's work? You don't go to a basketball game? You never hear them say, let me pray about it. You don't go shopping? You never hear them say, let me pray about it. You want to go on a church trip? You never hear them say, let me pray about it. Can you please do opening prayer? Let me go pray about it. Can you do a welcome? Let me pray about it. Interesting. How we conveniently use prayers at those times. So, come here, mother. You've been praying for your children, and it seems the more you pray, nothing appears to be happening. Your prayers have been delayed, but not denied. So, guess what? Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, because your deliverance is on the way. Come here, Father. Your family can't seem to show you any respect, and you've been praying to God about it. I've come to let you know your prayers have been delayed, but not denied. So guess what? Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking, because what? Your deliverance is on the way. Come here, marriage partners. There is constant strife, and you're at the verge of walking away from each other. I've come to let you know. Your prayers may be delayed, but not denied. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Your deliverance is on the way. Come here, young people. So many decisions to make. You keep praying and asking God to lead, God, and direct you. I've come to let you know God has heard your prayers and they have been delayed but not denied. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking because your deliverance is on the way. You see, many of us are petitioning an audience with God. But God is petitioning an audience with you. You may be requesting the presence of God, but God is seeking your presence. 
You may be knocking at God's door, but God is knocking at your heart. The conditional point is, this is your takeaway. If you're not abiding in God's word, if you're not abiding in God's word, he can't give you what you want. Because many times we end up asking amiss. So simple remedy. Listen. I get the opportunity to go through different churches at times. And one of the things I always used to appreciate is I would hear some people get up to pray. And they would pray with the scripture in their prayer. Anybody ever heard that? They would pray right through the scripture, claiming it in their prayer. God, this is what you said. I'm abiding in your word. Bring your word to fruition in my life. Try it. Try it. There may be a few of you who are wondering, can Jesus really deliver? Oh, yes, he can. The question is, have you really tried him? Have you really tried him? Yes. You're reading my script. <laughs> what will he deliver? He is offering himself to you. But then the question comes. This is the clincher. I need to know. Can I trust him? Can I really trust him when I need him? Will he be on time? Not my time, but on time. Understanding the concept that there's an old song, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want it, but he'll come what? Right on time. So your situation may look dire and dreary. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking because your deliverance is on the way. In the words of the great Dr. S.M. Lockridge, Jesus is the only one who's able to supply all of our needs simultaneously and completely. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He heals the sick. He forgives sinners. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate he regards the aged. He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. That's my Jesus. Let me tell you some more. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. Guess what? That's my Jesus. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is always sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Guess what? That's my Jesus. 
I wish I could describe him, but he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm coming to tell you the heavens of heavens cannot contain him. Let alone a man try to explain him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off your hands. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Guess what? That's my Jesus. He always has been and he always will be. I'm talking about Jesus has no predecessor and he will have no successor. There's nobody before him and there'll be no one after him. You can't impeach him and he's not going to rein, reign, resign, correction. That's my Jesus. So I've come to let somebody know tonight, whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Why? Because your deliverance is on the way. Stand to your feet, please. There's nobody like him. You know that song, um, Nobody Greater? Almost. <laughs> Ladies, you guys know that? Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Here we go. I don't know if we have the words. I searched all over. Here we go. I searched all over. Couldn't find. Couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low. I looked high and still, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Really easy. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than him. Yeah, come listen to it again one more time. Come. I searched all over. I searched all over. I couldn't, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. getting it yet? One more time and go. I searched all over. Couldn't find nobody. Nobody. I looked high and low. I looked high and low. Still couldn't find. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. Tonight, I want to open the floor tonight for a simple appeal. You've searched all over. <laughs> and you're still searching. But you're coming to the realization that, guess what? There's nobody greater. Nobody greater than God. It doesn't matter what your situation is or your problem is. Nobody greater 
God is a fixer of problems. He knows how to put things back together. And so I want to invite you to trust him tonight. Step out on faith and give God a try. If there is something you've been praying about for some time now, last night we confessed our sins. Tonight we need to petition him now. Whatever it is you're going through, I'm inviting you to come to the altar and we're going to give it to him. There comes a time when we realize there's so much we can do as a human. Where we feel God picks up and he continues to carry us through. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than. Yeah, you're getting it. You're getting it. It's soaking into your spirit. I searched all over. Couldn't find. I looked high and low. Still couldn't find. Come move on in, move on in. Move on in, move on in. Come on and get connected. We're a family. Touch and agree, touch and agree. I searched all over. Couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Somebody came up tonight with a heavy heart. Somebody came up tonight who's been asking God for a long time who's been seeking God for a long time, who's been knocking and there seems to be no answer, no response. God is ready to answer your prayers. But you got to get into his lane. You got to get on his highway. You got to get in his zone. Because when you enter into his zone, he says, what you ask, if my word abide in you what you ask it shall be done unto you say my promise it's God Jehovah's promise not mine so if you've been driving on a different highway for some time in life and you like, like to get back on that road by recommitting your life to Christ just, 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 just raise your hand wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Never be afraid to stand up for God. You hear me, church? You never be afraid or ashamed to stand up for God. The Bible declares the just shall live by faith in Romans 1.17. You know what it is? The just who is the righteous, which is us, shall live by faith. Truth of the matter is, our faith gets really weak to zero at times. But when you read the context in the Greek, it's the just shall live by faith. It's not only by our faith, but it's by the faithfulness of God. He 
His faithfulness carries us through. When we have, we run out of roads, he carries us right through. You can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. My second appeal. Some of you have already raised your hands and recommitting, but maybe this is your first time that you've really honestly made a full decision to follow Christ. A full decision to follow Christ. You know what? Come what may, I'm going to follow him. If you are standing here tonight, just step forward. Take one step forward. Just one. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. One step. He took many steps for you. He's asking for one. One step. Will there be another? Will there be another? A few more moments. Those of you who are prayer warriors, pray. One step. Father God, we come to you right now. Knowing no other help we can go to. Father, we know there's no one greater than you. You've proved it over time and time in our lives. You've come through when we were sleeping. You never slumbered, nor did you sleep. You kept working on our behalf all through the night. You protected us from night after night. Days driving in and days coming home. You continue to allow your providence over our lives. And yet sometimes we are afraid to still trust you. We understand the devil is busy. But God, you are our savior. And we're claiming to you tonight. Holding on to your unchanging hand. That whatever it is, you will carry us through. Father, there are some people here tonight who've been praying, who've been asking, who's been seeking a presence with you, who's been petitioning your grace and mercy. Above all, Father, please forgive us for all of our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from the imperfect thought to the action indeed. But now, dear God, let's get to the heart of the matter. You've said in your word, if your word abides in us, if we ask according to your word, what we ask, you shall do unto us. So, Father, there are some people who are here right now who have walked up saying, God, I've been talking. I've been seeking you. I need to know that you're going to come through. I need you to move. Move, Jesus, move. It is when we exercise our faith, it's when it moves God. Father, where we are weak in faith, give it a double portion. Where we seem to falter, may we remind ourselves that there's no one greater no one greater than you. There are parents who are praying here for their children. Lord, you know, some have strayed off. 
but they're here praying, interceding on their behalf. Last night we saw Mickey come and give his life to Christ. Lord, there are other people who are willing to come. You desire all should save, be saved and none should be perished. So Father, please, through the blood of Jesus Christ, now any of our words through your son who we have believed in, please, come by here. Visit the homes. Deposit peace into their homes. Deposit joy into their homes. Deposit faith in their homes. And Lord, we know you were able to do because you sit so high and you look so low. And you know that from the beginning and from the end, you know what will happen. If this is not according to your will, brother, we know you have a thousand other options of what you can do. So tonight, we're going to place our trust in you. That you will do what is best on our behalf. Oh, oh Lord, sometimes it's hard to swallow that pill. Because we think we know what we need. But God, you know best. And so tonight we surrender our wills to you. We surrender our plans to you. Take charge. Take full control, dear God. And after all is said and done, when we walk back into this house, we will not be remiss to give you all the praise and all the glory. Because you've been so good to us. Standing on the promises of Christ our King. Through eternal ages, let the praises ring. Have your way in this place, Holy Spirit. Move and convict and arrest. Dwell within our hearts. There are young people who are here tonight, dear God who may feel pains of rejection. Can't fit in. Have to do things to fit in with the crowd. Oh Lord, remind them if they stand up for you, if they stand up for you, they will never be alone. There is a time coming he who is filthy must be filthy. And he who is just must be just. And he who is holy, let him be holy. Father, take off our unrighteous rags. Wash us in the blood of the Lamb. And save us unto that great day. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, hug somebody next to you. Tell them God loves you and so do I. Don't leave the God part out. Now make sure you tell them God loves you and so do I.
Amen, everyone. Lord, praise the Lord. And as we come to the end of this service, we just want to thank everyone for coming out and truly a word from God. And we want you to stay tuned. Uh, God has uh, greater things in store. As we said, you know, it is like we're depicted on a mountain climbing up higher and higher and higher. And uh, I just love, I just love when I hear the word of God preach clear to us. And you could sense the Holy Spirit just moving. You know, I want to praise God for uh, all that he has been doing. Um, Pastor Michelle coming in. Uh, by the way, she landed uh, in uh, Montreal. And uh, she sends her bonjour to you. Uh, bonsoir in this case. And uh, by God's grace and power, um, you will see her once again in, by God's grace.